Good morning again, church. It is, it is good to be back here. It is good to be back in Canada, to be back home, and, and to be here in the church. Today is indeed a special Sabbath. I can remember many years ago when I was baptized. Uh, it, was, it was one of the most special days in my life. And I can still go back and, and feel all those emotions again. And I do hope and I do pray that this day will be a memorable, memorable day for you as well. That you will you'll cherish and will carry in your heart memories from this day. But as I always say, this is but the beginning of the journey, right? You have started your journey somehow. Today you are sealing it. And now we're going to walk together, right? It's not the end of it. It's not the end of the road. And you have chosen to publicly demonstrate your allegiance to the Lamb today by going down in the waters of baptism. It is going to be a privilege soon to be baptizing you. But before we do that, I'd like to meditate with you upon a text in the Bible. And I'm praying that we'll be able to get some lessons, some spiritual lessons for our lives, all of us here. I'd like to uh, acknowledge the presence of our visitors. You are all very welcome here. And uh, you, uh, I want to say that we are always welcome here anytime. Not only for today, for the baptism, but you can come anytime. You can even decide to make this church your home church if you feel so moved. And uh, it's good to see visitors. I know some people were, were having uh, some difficulties parking, but I pray that Everything went well, and it's uh, good to see. And if we need more seats, we can get more chairs and, and get people seated somehow. But before we do this, let's pray and ask God's direction that He will guide us as we open the Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the Sabbath day. We thank You for the joy and for the rest that we can find on this day. We thank you because the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we are here, Lord, to be glad and to rejoice in it. Amen. We are thankful, Lord, because this day, on this day, three precious souls will go down the waters of baptism and come back to live eternally with you. And we thank you, Lord, that we have freedom in this country still. That we have the opportunity to open up your word and study it. And I ask, Lord, that at this moment, as we open up Scripture, we may do that in a humble way as we approach this, this text. And I ask, Lord, that you may open up the hearts and minds and ears and eyes of each and every one of us here. That we may be humble and be willing and sensitive to hear the voice of the Spirit. I ask, Lord, especially a blessing upon myself that I may be used as your instrument. That every word I say here today, every thought that is conveyed, will actually, Lord, be a pure reflection of your word for us today. May your word come out alive and transform our lives. We ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is uh, a lot of talk about minorities in our world today. And there are many different categories of, of minorities, that people are called minorities for different reasons. They belong to a certain minority. 
And it could be because of choices you make in life, but it could be because of your culture of origin, it could be because of different things in life. Some things you may have a choice upon and other things you may have no choice at all. You simply, you are simply born and you find yourself in a certain minority. Now there are many different categories. I'm not sure uh, who started categorizing people and categorizing groups and placing people in different minorities. I am not sure who started that, but the truth of the matter is there are many minority groups that we or those who are not part of those minority groups are called to, to exercise help and to exercise goodness and to be sensitive of those groups' needs. Like I said, it could be just because you were born some way or because you have made some choices. Now, the story in the Bible today uh, that Sheila read, uh, and she read the first six verses of the chapter 19 of Luke. But the story actually doesn't end there. It goes forward, and I believe it goes until verse 10. And so I'd like to invite you now to read with me, to follow with me, my reading of Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 6, again. And then I'll extend the reading, and I'll go all the way down to verse 10. So please, if you have your Bible, you can open it up to Luke 19 and follow the reading with me. If you don't have a Bible, there is a pew Bible. And if you don't want to grab a pew Bible, the text will come up on the screen shortly. So Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through to 6, and then 7 through to 10. And this is the word of the Lord. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. I would say that Zacchaeus actually belonged to a few minorities. The first one that appears right here at the top of the text is that he lived in Jericho. So he lived outside of Jerusalem. And so there was a number of people who chose to live in Jerusalem, who wanted to be closer to the temple, but Zacchaeus lived outside. He lived in Jericho. Something else that the text says is that he was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Now, 
I, I'm going to talk about tax collectors now. And before I do that, I should tell you, if you don't know, the meaning of the name Zacchaeus. I don't know if you're aware that Zacchaeus means pure or innocent. That's the meaning of the name. The Bible says that he was a tax collector. And tax collectors were not really well liked by the population. Because tax collectors were employed by the Roman government to go around and collect taxes for the government. Now the government, the empire, they cared only for this much. As long as you're able to gather this much in taxes and bring it to us, that's all we care for. Now the tax collector had freedom to ask a commission on top of that. And sometimes it was more than a commission. Sometimes people felt actually extorted by the tax collectors. So they were not liked at all. They were not loved at all. Tax collectors, in fact, the Bible, when the Bible refers to them, when people are referring to them in the Bible, they say, oh, they, they, they're walking with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. So they were not really well, not well seen at all in society. But they were, many of them, or most of them in, in, in around Jerusalem and Palestine, they were actually Jewish. They were Jews that were employed by the Roman government. And so the Jewish people would look, to the, look at the tax collectors and say, there is a traitor that is extorting the people on behalf of the Roman government. And this is Zacchaeus. And so he was part of a minority. Even though he was Jew, he was a Jew, even though he was an ethnic Jew, he was also a tax collector. And so he, he didn't have many friends actually because of that. But the Bible goes, along, goes, goes beyond this to say that not only he was a tax collector, but he was a chief tax collector. And so very likely Zacchaeus had gone all the way up uh, in the ladder and he was now employing other, hiring other tax collectors that would go out and do the service for him. And so on top of what each tax collector would gather for himself, on top of the taxes, Zacchaeus would also request, would also demand a commission from those men. And so that's why the Bible says that he was a chief tax collector and he was what? Rich. I would say that he was not only rich, he was wealthy. He was a wealthy man who had accumulated wealth, not in the most rightful way possible. But here is this man who even though he was a Jew, he ended up not having many friends in the population because he would uh, collect money from them. And, uh, and he is a man who was rich. And as you look around even today, uh, we see more people who are not rich than those who are rich. And so that's another minority to which Zacchaeus belonged. But this man, for some reason, for some reason, he wanted to see Christ. He wanted to see Jesus. Word about Jesus had come into his ears. And he knew that Jesus was passing by Jericho in his way on his way to Jerusalem. And so he wanted to see Jesus. But then the Bible says in verse 3 that he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. And that's another minority I believe Zacchaeus belonged to. 
He was there in the midst of the crowd. And when we see the word crowd here in the Bible, sometimes we may think of, I don't know, maybe 100,000 people, maybe 500,000, maybe a million people. I am not sure that was all the, the crowd, that the crowd that followed Jesus was that many. But there was a crowd following Jesus. And I have to admit that just like today in those times, those who followed Jesus unfortunately were less than those who didn't. Even today as we look around, we think of Christians. And we are here with like-minded people worshiping the Lord today on the Sabbath morning. But the truth is, Christians make up one-third of all religions in the world. Christianity makes up for one-third of all religions in the world. And so there are, there are more people who are not Christians than there are Christians. And it was like that in the past as well. There was just a, a group, a crowd of people following Jesus, but there were so many more who did not follow him. But Zacchaeus is willing to be part of that minority as well, and he goes to see Jesus. But he belongs to another minority that he, uh, he can't see because he was of short stature. And so he does what he can and he does what he thinks is possible. He goes up and climbs up in a sycamore tree. And from there he expects to see Jesus. Now Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows everything you and I are thinking right now. Jesus knows each and every one of our needs. And because Jesus knows us and he loves us, he knew that Zacchaeus was looking forward to seeing him. And as Jesus is passing by the tree, Jesus looks up. The Bible says in verse 5 that he looked up and saw him, saw Zacchaeus, and said to him, Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And so Zacchaeus did. But then verse 7 says that when they saw it, when the crowd saw it, when the crowd saw that Jesus had asked Zacchaeus to come down hastily. And when the crowd saw that Jesus accompanied Zacchaeus all the way to his house, and when the, the crowd saw that Jesus went into Zacchaeus' house to, to eat with him, they said, Oh, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. And I got to tell you, I am so glad this text is here in the Bible. That Jesus is a friend of sinners. That Jesus is willing to go in and have a meal with sinners. Because it was, it was because of that. It was because of Jesus' disposition to hang around sinners that I am here today. Because if Jesus had decided that he would never come across, would never come around a sinner, what chance would I have? But here we are. And Jesus, as a friend of sinners, decides to go and spend time with Zacchaeus. And it doesn't matter what people think. Jesus is not concerned with that. He is willing to spend time with Zacchaeus. And because Jesus does that, because of Jesus' presence into his home, because he sees that Jesus is loving, because Zacchaeus looks at Jesus and sees that there is no prejudice at all, there is no judgmental attitude because of all of that. And he can confirm that Jesus is everything he had heard about him. The Bible says in verse 8 that Zacchaeus stood. 
Now I don't want to make a joke with that because he was of short stature. And maybe he felt like he had to stand up to talk to Jesus. To be well seen and heard. And so the Bible says that he stood. And he stood and said to the Lord, Look Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. I don't think Zacchaeus would ever say, if I have taken anything from anyone uh, falsely, if he had never done that. If he had been absolutely sure that throughout all his career as a tax collector, he had never taken from someone anything more than he should have as taxes. He would never say this. But he had defrauded people. And so he says, whatever I have taken from other people, I'll restore fourfold. I will tell you that only Jesus can do that. Only the power of Jesus' love can transform a person and can give hope to them. And make them look forward and say, I want to be different. I want to be like Jesus. I want to give my life fully to Him. And I want to follow Him wherever He leads me. What well, maybe the Lord is, following me, is asking me now, is requesting of me now, that I follow Him all the way and I keep the seventh day Sabbath, as the Bible says. And it looks awkward, doesn't it? Because everyone is going to church on Sunday. And, and many, many, I can't judge people's motives, but many sincere people are going to church on Sunday. Many Christians, well-meaning Christians, people who love Jesus sincerely, they're worshiping on the first day of the week, but for, for some reason, Mina and Josiah and Elizabeth, came to the conclusion after reading the Bible and going uh, deeply in their studies that they ought to keep the seventh day Sabbath. That this is the day that the Lord has set aside for a special communion between Him and His people. And you have chosen to accept that truth and you have chosen to commit to that. But that makes you a part of a minority, doesn't it? So I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being part of that minority, and I hope you are as well. And so it is the love of Jesus that makes you decide to do those things out of love for Him. You are not being compelled, you are not being forced. No one is being forced today into the waters of baptism. You have made that decision yourselves. You have decided to commit yourselves. And today as you do that, it is a public testimony that Jesus is the king of your heart. And so it happened with Zacchaeus. He says, I will restore fourfold and I'll give half of my goods to the poor. And when Jesus hears that, Jesus had to give his testimony. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was I am speaking of myself. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And praise the Lord for that. Today is a special day. I hope you like music because there will be lots of music today. I like music. So we had several different musical requests. 
uh, all three people being baptized, they said, I'd like to hear this song. I'd like to hear someone perform this song because it's special for me. And we've honored all those requests. And so I won't say much more today because we have music, lots of music, and we have the baptisms. But I want to leave this message with you. If ever you find yourself in a situation where you see and you look around and you see and you, and you think, well, I'm the minority here. Am I right? Should I go forward when everybody else is doing different? Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to be in the minority. Jesus was in the minority. Jesus went all the way up to the cross and he was hung, hung there on the cross. And he did it because he loved you. And thank God we only need that one Savior. That's all that we needed. But he was the only one. He was the only one willing to give his life as a ransom for other people. There is the story of a man who was, he was downtown. This could have been in Toronto or any major city. And he hurt his finger. And he said, I need to, to find help here. And he finds a building that was a clinic. And he goes in there. And he said, I, I got to find someone to help me with this finger. And uh, as he walks in, he sees two doors. And one of those doors said physical. The other said mental. And he looked and said, well, this is physical. So he went in the physical door. And only to find himself in another room, which had also two doors. And those two doors said, one said bone, the other said muscle. And he said, well, I think this is bone related. So he went into the, the bone door. Only to find himself in another room with two other doors. And one of the doors read therapy, the other read surgery. And he said, I think this is the case for surgery. And so he went into the surgery door. And once he went into that surgery door, he looked around and he found himself outside of the building. <laughs> and so he walked around, he circled around and went back to his car where his wife was waiting for him. And his wife asked, oh, did you get help there? And he said, no, I didn't get any help, but I've never been to a place as organized as this one. Why am I telling this story? Uh, during the week, we organized this program here, right? Which is the program we are, we are carrying out today. And every participant received the program. And we have everything prepared. The water is prepared there. We are all ready. And we all come here pretty much like that man. We all come here hurt. We all have our stories. We have our background. We may have been hurt in our childhood. We may have been hurt in the past by a spouse who was not really a good person. We may have been hurt by people around us, by friends. We may have been left disappointed by situations in life. You may have been hurt just this past week for something that happened in your life. You may have had certain expectations that were never met and that really hurts. And we come here this morning and everything is set. The lights are up, are on. The water is there. The program is prepared. But I truly, truly hope that you won't come here today, particularly the three of you. You won't come here today and leave this morning. And only, the only thing you will have to say is, well, that was a really well-organized place. 
And I don't expect, I really don't hope that this will be the only memory you will bring home from today. But that this will be the place where we'll be able to find healing for your hurts. You'll be able to find healing for everything that hurts inside. For your need of hope, your need of healing, your need of help, your need of, of life. Everything you need you may find here because here Jesus is the one who is the head. This is my prayer for you Elizabeth. This is my prayer for you Josiah. I had the greatest time studying the Bible with Josiah. I would go to his home every Wednesday. And it doesn't matter that you are of short stature, at least for now. Because you are going to grow. And you may very well be taller than I am or than most people here. You are quite young. But I had the greatest time studying with him. Many times I was halfway through the question and he had the answer already. And I had a great time studying with Elizabeth. It was a pleasure. And we had a great moments discovering things together in the Bible. And I had a great time with Mina as well. Uh, I told the story the other day that I, I thought I was lost on the road coming back home from Napanee. It was when I went to visit him. And here is a young man who is as honest as you can find. I have not found many people as honest as this man. As real and transparent. And so may God bless you today and always. And so may God bless us all that we may find healing in Jesus, that we may find hope and that we may cling to him and to the salvation he provides every step of the way. God bless you all.